Hump Day Quickies Swingers Confessions is intended for mature audiences only and contains explicit language and sexual situations. This is not intended as any professional advice. Welcome to Hump Day Quickies Swinger Confessions. Here in the sex apartment, we share our own sex positive stories and welcome our friends to open up about their experiences in the ethically non-monogamous lifestyle. one of the founders of the TikTok craze, hashtag SwingTalk, joins us in the sex apartment to tell us all about how she got started on TikTok and the beginning of her journey into the lifestyle. Welcome back to the sex apartment. This is G. And Nessa. Before we dig into our interview today, we want to mention a couple things. First off, you can hear us on SLS Radio every Wednesday. Hump day. Yep. At 4 p.m. Eastern time. I also want to mention that we're on Full Swap Radio now, Wednesdays at 6.30 and midnight Eastern time as well. Big thanks to Jay and the sexy V of the Bang Bang Pineapple Gang for hooking us up with that. I had been talking to them a little and he mentioned, oh, you guys got to check out Full Swap Radio and sent a few messages and had a great discussion with the owner over there. And yeah, he's a great guy. He is. Also, thanks to Northern Guy and Southern Gal of the Swing Nation podcast for hooking us up as hosts of the Swinger Society group on Discord. We will include a link to all of these things in the show notes. Speaking of the Swinger Society Discord, we also have Kylie here. She has had a handful of interviews and is also, I would call her, one of the originators of the Swing Talk on TikTok, which we also have been jumping in a little bit and have had a handful of views there. So that's been fun. Kylie, welcome. Hello. Welcome, welcome. We forgot to have Kylie plug her sites. She can be found on TikTok, Instagram, OnlyFans, and more at Sexy Swinger Chick. That's Chick without the K. We will include those links in the show notes as well. Typically, we jump into how'd you get into this, given your recent rash of interviews and all, everything else. We might jump there first, and then we'll dig into the rest of this. Okay. <laughs> so, congratulations on all the press. I do want to thank you for sticking your face and name out there because I I think it's huge that the lifestyle starts to be normalized. I think those articles were two big steps in that direction of letting people know, hey, these are normal everyday people. We all have regular day jobs and we're not just sitting there masturbating in the corner waiting for the next piece of ass we can have. (laughs) How did all that get started? So Christina, a TikTok girl, and I think you mentioned them, the uh, Northern guy, Southern gal, uh, and a group of us, we talk just about every day. And Christina mentioned, hey, this interviewer is looking for more swing talk creators to talk to for USA Today. Would you be interested? That's kind of how it came about. She was reaching out to so many different news sources because she kept getting her TikToks deleted. And she's like, the news needs to hear it. Like, this is a big deal. You know, they're taking us down for educating people and it's a concern, you know? So that's kind of where it started. And then it just kind of evolved. What drew you to start making videos on TikTok? Last summer it was COVID and I was, I'm in the service industry. Um, I'm a bartender and just money wasn't there. You know, people weren't coming out. People weren't 
you know, they were tipping well, but it just, you didn't have the people. So I kept seeing online, all of these girls were like, start an OnlyFans, you know, you can make tons of money doing it. And so I was like, okay, well, let's see. Like I'm adventurous and fun and I like being watched. So this could be fun. This could be interesting. So a lot of the other girls that I was talking to promotion wise were like, TikTok is just the best way. Cause I was so against TikTok. I was like, it's for 16 year old kids. I didn't know what it was. I'm a 30 year old woman. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) I didn't know. So I started making videos on there to promote my OnlyFans. And then I stopped doing OnlyFans for a while uh, just because I wasn't doing well and it just was not really worth my time or energy. But I continued on TikTok and I continued making like body positivity videos and just overall stuff that I thought was fun, you know polyamorous videos came into it when, and then like bisexual, you know, the woman being bisexual in a relationship. And then once I started really getting into the swinger lifestyle, I was like, you know what? I'm okay with being open about this and I love it. And I want to share it with everyone else. That's when swing talk got started. You know, it was right around that time where I saw maybe one or two other people talking about the lifestyle on TikTok. I didn't see anybody else and I had searched it for a while. And I was like, you know, I should talk about this and I should educate and help people. That is fantastic. How was it received? For the most part, good. Uh, It's a lot more well-received now, unfortunately, that I've lost a hundred pounds as opposed to when I was a hundred pounds heavier. I I got a couple of viral videos, but the reason why they were viral wasn't because of the content. It was because unfortunately a lot of bullying, which mm. I see past and I just read past it and don't care, but Keyboard warriors got to love them. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that a lot, like a lot of stuff that I saw was like, of course your boyfriend swings, you know, why would he want to be with you? Or just like a lot of bullying, but <sighs> I got past it and now it's a lot better received. I get a lot better responses, which that's just unfortunately the way the world works and it is what it is. But I get a lot of comments from plus size women or larger women. And I always tell them I started in the lifestyle when I was plus size and I had no issues. You know, There are people of all shapes and body types and ages and likes and dislikes and looks. And it's just the ability to be yourself. And that's what I, that's one of the things that I love about the lifestyle is it, that there, there isn't a specific type in the lifestyle. It was the most surprising for me because When I got into the lifestyle, we had planned to go to the Halloween party, actually. And months ahead of time, I was working hard to lose weight and try to make myself look as, you know, physically perfect as I could. And when I walked in there and I got to see, whoa, like how many different body shapes there were and how much confidence all of these girls can walk around. And I was just like, oh, okay. So I had it like in my head that lifestyle, swinging, having sex with other people meant that your body had to be perfect in every way, shape and form. And it really isn't like that. And that's one of my favorite things about the lifestyle is is that it does accept everyone for who you are and how you are. That's one of the other parts of my platform, not only, you know, educating people about it, but specifically women in the lifestyle. You know, I think that a lot of us have that that thought process like you have to be a Barbie doll and you have Mm -hmm. to be a Ken doll in order to 
be a part of this lifestyle. And that is not at all the case. And even on TikTok, unfortunately, those girls who look like that do get the most views and, and they get the most attention. But I want everyone to know like, hey, I'm a normal, you know, mom mm-hmm. and I am an everyday woman. And I just want everyone to know like you, it doesn't matter what size your body is or what you look like. The lifestyle is inclusive. And that goes for men too. Yeah. Yeah. What, what I actually find funny about the lifestyle is that typical nights at the club, there are a handful of the quote unquote, super beautiful, mm-hmm. oh my God, people that walk in, but nobody goes anywhere near them because A, they're intimidated by them. B, they don't seem approachable, if you will. Mm-hmm. Then all the rest of us are just having fun and not worrying about that kind of thing. The fact that people are concerned about this walking into the lifestyle when in fact, you know what? everybody's welcome. It's open to everybody. Just come out, be yourself and have fun is what people are looking for. And everybody's attracted to something a little bit different. Somebody may be attracted to this skinny Barbie doll look and somebody might be attracted to curves. You know, for me, when I look at a woman, I enjoy looking at a curvy girl, not only because I'm a little curvy myself, but because... (laughs) A little jiggle some places, right? That's that's me personally. And I know the next person who walks in is going to be attracted to something completely different. All the time you say, oh, I'm a blonde guy or I'm a brunette guy or, you know, same thing with body shapes and sizes. I think it goes across the board to say that everybody likes something different. So you can't just say only the skinny people. For us, it's entirely personality. We we start talking to somebody. It's We don't go from, hey, look at you, let's go have sex. We actually hang out and talk to people. For us, it is a lot about personality. Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's also, you have to put into perspective that it's not just like my attraction, it's my partner's attraction yes. too. Yeah. And you know, then of course, if you're bisexual, which that's really what got us into lifestyle was me being bisexual. The females also have to have chemistry. So it, it can be kind of difficult. Yeah. They, they call it a four-way connection. A four-way connection is what makes a perfect match for two couples in the lifestyle. First, the women should be comfortable with each other, both with the idea of sharing their partners with the other and if they are interested in each other sexually. Second, the guys need to be comfortable with each other and not feel uneasy about sharing their partner with the other. Third, the women should be interested in the men to make sure they have an attraction. And finally, the men should be interested in the women because even though there's a strong attraction, there can still be performance issues. To find that four-way connection is, it's a fun challenge to, uh, to juggle. So you mentioned you guys got into the lifestyle because you were bisexual. Yes. So what was the conversation you had with your boyfriend? So I've actually been in the lifestyle, quote, lifestyle for since I was 17 years old. I was a unicorn without, I mean, obviously this is before those, well, I mean, we had those terms. I just didn't know about it, but I was a unicorn with a couple when I was 17 and they were in like their early twenties. This was 12 years ago. So things were a little different then. And I've always been bisexual. I've always I've dated men, I've dated women. And right before me and my current partner, which his name is Brad. So if I bring him up, um, it's It's Brad. (laughs) Um, Right before me and him started dating, I was actually dating a girl. And I was at the point in my life where I was like, "Um, do I want to date men anymore? Like, should I just go full lesbian? You know, which 
when you're bisexual, that just doesn't work out, you know? (laughs) But, um, yeah. So when our first date, I told him, I said, you know, if you want this to move forward, you're going to have to be okay with having threesomes because that's something that I really like to do. And he was like, over the moon. Like I was going to say, how often have you had that conversation where the guy's like, nah, hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Not very often. Okay, good. Just just checking. Yeah. So that's kind of what drew us in. And then for years, I didn't know that swinging was a thing. I thought swinging was, and I always go back to this, this, there's this episode of that 70s show (laughs) where they're swingers and they do this like key party thing. And so that was always in my mind, like, that swingers were like these older people who did these key parties and it was just like weird, you know? So I didn't know what it was. And then he told me about the clubs and this was a couple years ago. I think one of his friends or maybe his brother had told him about it because we were, we were actively trying on Tinder. We were actively trying on, you know, all the dating websites And we had found a couple of girls to have threesomes with, but it was like so few and far between or. It's as though they're unicorn. Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then it was like hard to navigate because you don't know who you're talking to because these people aren't verified and, you know, they could be pretending to be someone. And a lot of times I think we ran into men pretending to be women who just wanted to get their rocks off and chat, you know, dirty Mm -hmm. with someone. And one day I just said to him, I said, I can't take this anymore. We have got to try something else. Let's do the club. And I was ready at that point to just go and meet people. And we then did a lot of research on swinging and polyamory and the lifestyle in general. And we talked about it for a long time. And then finally we went. Let's rewind back a little head back to your uh, 17. How, How did you come across a couple to be their unicorn? So in 2008, when I was seven or maybe 2007, we did not have Tinder. We did not have plenty of fish. We did not have smartphones. <laughs> we had Craigslist. We had the Craigslist personal ads. I don't know if you guys remember this. Oh, do yep, I ever? Yep. <laughs> I feel like that's, you know, there was a lot of swinging on there. It's just because there was like male seeking, you know, two females or um, two males seeking a female. And they no longer have those personal ads, I don't think. But that was where I found a female who was also bi-curious and she was interested in starting a bisexual relationship with another female. So it was both of our first times. And then she had a fiance. So I would go to her house and me and her would play and do our thing. And then he came into play as well. You know, when he he would like get off work, he worked late. That was my experience as a unicorn, I actually dated them for a couple of months and then their relationship went sour. I was kind of leery about the whole lifestyle thing and, you know, the threesomes because it's like I, my first experience did go south Yeah, by something that had nothing to do with me. Um, but, you know, it happens. Yeah. So that goes south. How long from that point before you get into another relationship of that type? So I get married when I'm 19 years old um, and my ex-husband was in the military and I just seem to find these women who want to have threesomes and got to hang out with her more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were few and far between, but then me and him get divorced. I'm 23 or four, I think when we get divorced and then I start dating women again, of course it doesn't go well because again, when you're bisexual, 
you know, yes, you want to date women, but you also really do crave a man as well. That's really hard for like other lesbians to understand. Then I met Brad. (laughs) So you and Brad go on your first date and you say, hey, I intend to have threesomes. He pulls out his party hat and blows a couple horns. (laughs) And how long after you guys get together, do you introduce the first female? I want to say it was like two months. It was really early on. And how'd that go? Um, It went well. And then she wanted more than friendship with us. And see, this is kind of where polyamory and swinging are different. While polyamory and swinging are similar, there are some distinct differences between the two. Polyamory is more centered around love, having an affectionate or intimate bond with multiple people. Swinging is more about the recreational sex and fun. Sometimes the bonds grow strong between swinging couples, but this becomes more of a strong friendship rather than love. Polyamorous couples can sometimes be swingers, so the lifestyles do cross at times. But at this point, I didn't know I was a swinger and I wasn't really interested in that. We kind of broke things off with her. I just wanted the physical aspect. Um, Of course, like friendship aspect is something that I love about the uh, community, but I just really didn't want to be more than that. I didn't want to be romantic. So yeah, we broke things off with her. How long after that first experience with her did you guys discover that there is this lifestyle? So four years But again, like I said, we had been actively for those four years working on the dating apps, trying to find another female, you know, Tinder, Plenty of Fish, all of that, Bumble. Occasional successes? Uh, No successes, just (laughs) texting. And, you know, then even, you know, people saying, oh, let's meet up. Okay, then you pick a day and then they just ghost you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, And again, if you don't know, there's a lifestyle. You can't search lifestyle websites or swinger websites. And if you don't realize, oh, I'm a swinger because, well, I'm not dropping my keys in a bowl. It's tough to actually find when it's just a simple swinger dating app type. (laughs) You're going to find like six or seven different places where you can find people. But if you don't know that that's what you're into and that's what you're looking for. Using websites that are designed for people seeking lifestyle relationships is definitely a better way to succeed in finding what you are looking for when it comes to non-monogamy. However, even on the sites devoted to lifestyle folk, you may still have the catfish or fake profile, and you might still have trouble with people ghosting you when you try to meet up. Sometimes you can easily spot these fakes, but not always. Yeah, and that's that's one of the re- the things that I like to talk to other, or especially younger girls that I know who I know are bisexual, you know, this could be the lifestyle for you, especially if you're like me. And I was not a chronic cheater, um, but I did cheat in most of my relationships because I just didn't feel like monogamy was for me. And I cheated with females and males. So it wasn't just one or the other. Sometimes looking inside of ourselves and growing and understanding like, oh, this might be who I am and that's okay. So that was a big thing for me too, was like finding this community of people who were almost the same as me and had the same thoughts and feelings in, you know, in terms of relationships. So you said that one of Brad's friends mentioned, Hey, there's this lifestyle club. You guys should check it out. Yes. And how long after you found out about it before you actually went? I want to say it was like six months. Okay. Did you sniff around? Did you create a profile? What, how'd Not that go? really. One day I just got this itch, which tends to happen with me. <laughs> I just got this itch and I said, 
I am so tired of these. I think that it had been like an experience that I had on a dating app when I had actually met another female, but like Brad wasn't allowed to play. And it was like, so it was a bad experience with that. And I said, I'm so sick and tired of the runaround with these apps. Like I'm just ready to meet people and find myself. Then I looked up swingers clubs and the club that I'm currently a member of was the first one to come up, which thank God. (laughs) (laughs) And then I created a profile and became a member and started chatting with people. And then shortly after that, I called Brad and I said, I did this thing. Please don't be mad. He's like, why would I be mad? I'm so excited. (laughs) So then we started like looking up, you know, swingers and what they did and kind of what to talk about and what to communicate about and like what boundaries were. And I started reading books about it. And so that whole week before we went, I really, you know, just dove into learning as much as I could. I love that you did the research before doing it and figuring out, Hey, we need to figure some stuff out before we actually just walk in here. Yeah. So that being said, what rules did you guys set up before you head in? So of course we set up the no kissing rule, which I feel like a lot of couples do in the beginning. And then we originally were like, we're soft swap only. We are not going to do the full shebang here. Mm-hmm. We're, we're just going to play around and see, and then the girls are going to play, which our first night that went all out the water. We <laughs> completely were like enamored with the lifestyle and that changed and it was okay. But yeah, those were our first rules. No kissing and soft swap. We didn't know about like a safe word or anything like that. Or like a, you know, we, me and him have this like little squeeze thing that we do. We'll squeeze each other if it's not going well. Some couples develop a signal or a safe word that they use with each other to let the other know that they are not comfortable or they're just not feeling the connection with another couple. These signals can be any number of things. A squeeze of a hand or an excuse to the bathroom. A single word or a phrase. Because communication is so important, it is a good way for a new couple to communicate to each other when they haven't yet learned to be on the lookout for other cues. We really didn't know what to expect, and we went there with no expectations. Um, I think the hardest part for me was like, there's that elephant in the room. So we all know why we're there, Mm -hmm. but we're not going to talk about it. We're just going (laughs) to pretend to talk about other things like our cats or our jobs or, you know, all of that. We're we're not going to talk about the lifestyle now that I'm more into it and I understand it a little more. It's different, but yeah. It's it's very similar to a night out at a bar where you're just meeting people and it's, yes, we know there are rooms here where we can't have sex and if everything works out great, we're going to head in that direction. But I'm going to say the more unsuccessful people there are the ones that walk up and like, Hey, I like you. You want to go fuck? Uh, what, huh? <laughs> and then they don't, I don't understand. I came to a sex club. Why isn't everybody having sex? It's because we're all here to hang out and you know what? If sex happens, fantastic, but right. it's not a requirement. There's that social aspect of it. So when you're a new person in a room and you don't know anybody, that can be really intimidating. Sex club or bar or wherever you are in the world, it can be kind of intimidating. So that was, I think, the hardest block for me. And now that we have friends in the lifestyle and, you know, it it is a social thing for us, too. It's not just a sexual 
thing. I mean, there will be so many nights where we've went and we haven't played with anybody because there's nobody there that we're really interested in or where we're meshing well. And yes, you do find a lot of those unicorn hunters (laughs) in there. Connecting with other couples on the club website beforehand may help ease the intimidation factor before heading to the club for your first time. We were just there for Halloween, and that was a night where there were almost 700 people, and we talked to a lot of people, but it just wasn't a night that we were feeling anything. So yeah, we checked out a little early, and that was just, that wasn't it. We weren't disappointed when we went home. It was just, hey, we had a fun night hanging out with people, and that was it. Yeah. So your first night, mm-hmm. tell me about what happened. Tell, tell me that first experience walking through the door and looking around going, whoa. Well, what did you expect first? Okay. What, what did you think you were going to walk into? I really had no idea. I mean, I had researched the club a lot. And so I kind of knew what it looked like. Okay. Um, because there are pictures you can see so that, you know, and I read all the Q and a, cause that's just who I am. You know, I'm the <laughs> researcher and then we do, I researched it a lot. So I knew what to expect aesthetically from the club. I just didn't know what to expect from the people. Me and Brad were sitting there and it, we had been there maybe an hour. The bartender comes up to us and she goes, Hey, if you guys want to do this, you have to go and talk to people. <laughs> So (laughs) we went and chatted with, you know, there, there was a lot of different people and I didn't know who to talk to. So we just went up to a table and started chatting with people. And then as the night went on, we got more and more comfortable talking to people and the alcohol was flowing. Mm -hmm. We got really comfortable. Then we're outside where my boyfriend, he smokes, um, we're outside and there's Two women and her her boyfriend. They were curvier girls, which I like curvy girls as well. <laughs> and so I just go up to these girls and I am just giving them the business because I'm drunk and I'm like, oh, you just, you have the greatest body. Like, oh my God, I just, you look so good tonight. Like they're eating it up. They're loving it. We get into conversation. We're talking, we're having a good time. So one of the girls goes, hey, let's go play in the playroom. So we go to this couple's room, which is my personal favorite. Um, So we go into this couple's room. There's like, I I think there was like eight different girls and there was just a line of us. And it was just an all girl orgy. Nice. The husbands are all watching. And then, (laughs) mind you, this is my first night at the club. Right. You know, then there was like 50 people watching us that night, just watching this all girl orgy go on. This is during COVID. So the hours were different. It Mm -hmm. was like that five to nine time period. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's nine and someone comes into the room and they're like, everybody's got to go, you know, the curfew. So then the couple, one of the couples, well, they were in a polyamorous relationship and the couple was like, oh, why don't you guys come back to our house and hang out? So we did. And that was where we full swap. So you had to leave the club and drive over to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the conversation in the car? It was mostly like, he was like, so what did you think? And I said, oh my God, I am so happy. Like we found our people. Like this is, this is who I am. You know, like I was just this, it was almost like a weight had been lifted off of my shoulders, like of finding myself and that journey, uh, which I had prayed for, for so long, just to be able to be myself yeah, um, and find a community where I wasn't considered, you know, a bad person you right. know, or a deviant that this is like just how people are and it's okay. And it's, you can accept that. So it was like that moment of acceptance. Wow. And I was like, what did you think? And he was just so excited. And he was like, this is great. Like, I'm really (laughs) excited. And 
Um, this is amazing. This is awesome. You know, and I've asked him, did you ever think that this was going to be our life together when, you know, we first got together and he said, no, I didn't think that this was an option, but now that we're in it, I'm so happy. And I just feel like I'm myself as well. And that first full swap, what was the reaction to that? I really liked it. I like, I was getting very much aroused from seeing Brad with somebody else. He doesn't necessarily get the arousal from it. Like I do. I mean, I really like, it gets me going him. Not so much. He just is happy that I'm happy, but it was definitely an amazing experience, especially afterwards that buzz. We were so excited and so happy afterwards. It was like, we couldn't keep our hands off of each other (laughs) for like two weeks after it was amazing. Thanks for joining us for a Hump Day Quickie. We hope this brought you some midweek excitement. If you have your own confession you'd like to share with us and our audience, please call 844-4HUMP-DAY and leave us a message. Can't wait to hear your sexy story.